All right, welcome everyone to the Preferred Lies, the official podcast of New Hampshire Golf. I'm your host, Dave Long, and uh, we have a special program. It is the final program of the regular golf season, although we'll be back for the Hall of Fame induction, the annual dinner, and uh, intermittently after that. Of course, Scott will be ready to go. He's here for the uh, President's Cup, which is, what, on December 24th or something like that? But anyway, ill-timed. Having said I'm an that, assistant captain, so yes. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Having said that, Scott Peters, the president and founder of Golf and Ski Warehouse, is here. Matt Smith, the executive director of the Hampshire Golf Association, is here. And we have a special guest. The legend. The legendary Craig Stekowitz. <laughs> and I'm going to ask you how to spell that in just a second. I've got your name in the S-T-E-C-K. outline. Hang on. i got your name in the outline three different ways, spelled three different ways. And I did it with spell check, and they did it. So anyway, uh, having said that, Craig is with us. One I can see looks like sandwich, some version of sandwich. <laughs> I think Sandwich is good. We'll go with that. <laughs> All right. Well, that uh, I, uh, Greg Sandwich that, is here. That's phonetic to me. So that's generally how I do it. But anyways, it's Treg is a two-time New Hampshire State Amateur Golf Champ. Won in 1990 at was it Charming Fair then or was yeah, it Charming Fair at the time? It was yep. Char- I still yep. call it Charming Fair. And uh, 1998 at Dairy Field, and I was that's following great. along behind him. 13th hole, big putt. Is that where it turned around? It was the 14th hole. Uh, 12, 13, and 14. Yeah. Three in a row, I believe. Big bending putt, left to right. I remember. So do I. Scott probably remembers. Flashback. He wasn't even I was there. not there. But I, I know. Can feel it. You've got the most unbelievable yeah, memory of all time. I was disappointed that he wasn't there. Anyway, welcome to the program. Have seen you in a couple of years. Uh, we are at in uh, North Conway, New Hampshire today, on location. It is the uh, senior four ball is being played here. Uh, Danny Arvanitis won on this golf course in the State Am in yep. 2001, I believe. Supposed to be the site last year, Matt, but inclement weather and the hurricane erased that. But are they coming back? Are 2021. You? 2021. All right, so let's see. By my count, that's two years from now. It is. All right. Uh, and we're going to have to deal with the train. So what do you, what are there, well, we've got to talk about the course a little bit. We'll get to that. But uh, on the docket today, we've got uh, some minor PGA news. We were going to do the show last week, but schedules got in the way. So uh, the uh, tour championship was last week. Seems a couple of years ago now, but we're going to talk about that at the East Lake Club. Uh, we have a two section. We're going to give out awards to players oh, giving for this year. Today. Giving awards. Wow. I'll tee it up for you so you don't, have to, you don't have to go into your notes. Good. And then uh, I've got what now for a list of people. By uh, the way, really good golf analogy there. Dave said he'd tee it up for us. Yes. I like that. Yeah. It should be a sound effect. Yeah, I'd like to take uh, a swing by. And uh, what, what now for certain players after their years ended? Some ended great, some ended... Uh, and we also have the lightning round for Craig that we're going to get to in oh a little bit boy. as well. We do that for all there our guests. There might literally be some lightning here that, shortly. That will be another failure. <laughs> but before I do that, let me mention that the presenting sponsor of Preferred Lies is Golf and Ski Warehouse, where you want to go for the best selection, service, and savings. Swing by Golf and Ski Warehouse in Hudson, Greenland, and West Lebanon in New Hampshire and in Scarborough, Maine. Learn more about all the great Merchandise at Golf and Ski Warehouse and get directions at golfskiwarehouse.com. Was the uh, was the big sale a success? It good. was good. Excellent. Yes, thank good you for asking. But it was great. Must you know, been. business has been good, so we're very fortunate. Did Dave get his hybrid? No, but Dave is six years into getting his hybrid, <laughs> and I don't see that happening unless there's a giveaway of some kind. <laughs> yeah. 
might win it at a at a uh, annual golf and some yeah, raffle. Some <laughs> raffle. Yes, <laughs> yes. Right, exactly. <laughs> that he's not qualified to win, but I, somehow, yes, Dave Long. Are you referring well to his win. hybrid green beans for his garden? <laughs> uh, I, I, I can tell you. Uh, back in the day, I used to hand out the winning check to lottery winners, the, the Tri-State Megabucks and Powerball. How the heck did that evolve? Well, I was the public relations director. They dressed director. him up in this pretty outfit, and he pulled the numbers out, and then he also got the no, 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 no. So let's we'll start was, with a pretty that outfit. Was, that was Brenda McMillan who did that. But uh, uh, No, I was the public relations person in the advertising agency that worked with them, and I was the person who would track down the winner. Where they would find so me. you're the Vanna White of New Hampshire. I was the Vanna White. <laughs> you are an onion. And there's some, there are some, uh, there are some memorable moments. One was I met Bernie Sanders handing out a check when he was in Burlington when he was the mayor of uh, of uh, Burlington, and he had black hair. And uh, I think he was a communist. I was right at now. UVM Still when is. Bernie was the mayor, and socialist is the word. But okay, socialist. Again, something like that. Dave is an onion. You could just keep peeling back the layers. So can't Dave you? and Vanna White, same, <laughs> same thing. <laughs> right? We had Vanna around. White in the pool. Still around. And I think I was there uh, on. Uh, that's where I saw Larry Bird make the steal to the pass to Dennis Johnson to beat Detroit in a bar in Burlington that very night. Okay, what bar was it? The last chance, remember. maybe, or we were talking about. A you golf didn't course. remember. Last week's golf course. That's Sunday. Played. That's four days ago. Yeah, so are you right. right? Exactly. <laughs> but it was right. a good bar and a good place, and the place went crazy. Right. Anyway, we are in North Conway, a previous haunt for me before that uh, trip to Burlington. But for the senior four ball, we have uh, we had when I walked in, they were the leaders in the clubhouse. Craig Stekowitz and Scott Peters, but now you are one shot down, shot we are. 65 for the day. In the 66, five we, under. We 66. 65 is leading. All right, so uh, what's your thoughts? How, did, how was the course? How'd you play? And this is your this is the first place I think I've ever been to with you where you haven't played the course already. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny. Um, I live in Hanover, so it's one of those things you don't get up here very much. <laughs> right. Um, but I very much enjoyed the course. It's 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 actually one of those courses where you don't have to play beforehand because you stand on the tee and it's kind of right in front of you. And so I thought it was very enjoyable. We had a great time. I've got a very good partner. And and Craig, of course, is a uh, has institutional knowledge because you were saying you were used to come up here when you were a kid and been yeah, playing for a long a, time. When I was a kid, I had a, um, a, an uncle that lived in Conway and. It was kind of a treat for us to come up here and play with him and uh, my dad and my brother, and we'd come out here and uh, we'd, we'd roll around here, and uh, the environment to us was great. You know, the, the mountain views, and the, you know, to me, I was telling Scott today, the sound of the train, you know, uh, brings back a lot of memories for me. So I, I really enjoy playing here just because of the whole environment. I think there's only one other course that I can think of in New Hampshire that has a train track that goes through the course. It is? Owl's Nest has run along the... Uh, I don't... Oh, doesn't yes. necessarily oh, it goes yes. by. You've never yeah, seen yeah, a train right. there, though. Yep, that's no, true. I've never... Third and fourth hole, right? So uh, third, yeah. yeah. train, fourth tee. Yeah. If you want another uh, layer on the onion, I have seen a train there. In fact, I worked on those railroad tracks <laughs> from Europe. You've done everything, Dave. You've done everything. We built the train. It was the Goodwin Railroad then. It was uh, anyway. But I'm sure there. We don't want to go into that. We've got. Uh, I'm we'll, sure we'll get to that. We got a segment on the Goodwin Railroad a little later in the program. But anyway, so tell us uh, what stands out about the course. Uh, what did you like best, and why should people come up here and play? Well, I love the train. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I honestly, I think I just stated it. I love personally. I love the environment. I think the uh, the golf course that Scott stated is is right in front of you. Um, there's there are no surprises. It presents itself very well. It goes out and it comes back, and then it goes out and it comes back. And um, uh, again, for me, it's nostalgia. I, I have fond memories of this. Uh, this well, and place it's not what you would think, right? So you come up to the mountains of New Hampshire, and it's a very flat golf course. Yeah, right. it's like Mount so Washington. Very similar. It's a very similar feeling yeah. in Mount Washington. You're, the, you're at the mountain valley. It's a fairly flat course, beautiful views, but it's a very simple, straightforward golf course. I thought it was very enjoyable. The you courses know, could duel it out for the best view off the first two, Mount Washington and. Here. What is that? Shakora there? Is that Mount Shakora? Where? Out here? That's Cathedral Ledge. Okay. The, what that was you my see, next guess. The, the face of the uh, the rock face, what you see off the first tee, to the, a little bit off to the right, is Cathedral Ledge. And you'll often see uh, rock climbers out there practicing their craft. And when you come back in the opposite direction, you're looking directly at Mount Cranmore. Yes. And when I was uh, a young young child, if you will, uh, I remember the ski mobile that used to go up <laughs> up, up the face. And you'll see through, if you go through, you know, downtown North Conway and Conway areas, you'll see examples of, of the ski mobile, which is nothing more than, a, a, I guess, a rudimentary cart, if you will, right. that ran on a track that took you to the top of the mountain, you know. And it was uh, always on the front of the brochure for yeah, Mount Cranmore. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so... To me, be clear, I'll be free climbing Cathedral Ledge. Rock You'll be there. free falling. I, I, you know what? There, it wouldn't even hurt because I couldn't get high enough up to, to fall. Yeah, anymore. I'm with you. Well, if you want another layer, by the way, I used to work with when the Mount Washington uh, tennis tournament was here at oh Mount Cranmore. Well, I, I worked there too. for a couple of years. I remember that too. So. Anyway, we've got more what layers. Have, what haven't you done, really, Dave? Well, I was going to tell you, the reason it's flat out here is it's a equestrian plane, floodplain for the... Okay, uh, so the let's talk river. off. So, anyway, all right. Uh, second of all, this is uh, an NHGA event, of course. And, Matt, tell us about the rest of the... Tell us about why you came up here and what, what lies ahead for the rest of the year, well, we came which up, is waning down. We came up here because it's a great setting. Um, it's a great golf course for this event in particular. You make a lot of birdies. Um, I think it's a great location. I would say 75 to 80 to 90 percent of the field is 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 well. Now we've got an issue here. This could be a technical <laughs> issue. Um, a significant amount of technical field is staying up here, which I think is one of the reasons we came here because it's a, a nice place for people to come and. Whether it's the guys and their partners, or they want to bring their spouses up here so they can go shopping, it's just a neat place to be. Um, I mean, you're literally right in the town, or right in the village on the first day. It's yeah. very different. You know, you walk in and you feel like you're in the middle of a mall almost, yeah. or a village, and, and then you go out. You are. Yeah. Yeah, so well, I think we, we would have liked to have seen a few more teams playing, but this event's still only two years old, and... I think we'll we'll continue to see the numbers go up. Uh, and what else lies ahead? Snow, snow <laughs> up here. It's probably up here. It's probably going to snow tomorrow. Uh, we still have the mid-am, well, the senior championships next week at Kachiko. Sec will be playing in that, obviously. Um, and the mid-am is the first few days of October, um, and that really wraps up the championship season. The mid-am in October, so. It's starting to wind down a little bit. And then come no, October, there's the annual dinner and the Hall of Fame got induction. the Hall of Fame all squared away, and folks will be seeing information about that going out in the next 
few weeks. Um, tickets will be on sale for the Hall of Fame. Smaller class this year, only four going in, but but a really nice class as well. Which are um, Stan Lenski. Uh, Laura Shanahan Rowe, Phil Pleat, and Tom Leonard will all be inducted this year. Great class. It really is. All right. Uh, let's move on. Lightning round for Craig. Are you oh ready? Boy. Uh, it's not hard. It's not hard. Ready as I'm going to be. I'll just say close. Scott's already done it, so you can do it. All right. Uh, favorite pro tournament for you personally? Masters. Best course you've played on? Double Beach. Uh course that you haven't played on that you'd like to play most? St. Andrews. Favorite personal playing moment? Besides today. <laughs> today. <laughs> Favorite spectator moment in golf? Um, I, I would have to say it's... Ex- it's it's kind of a humorous moment. Okay. And um, I think I should probably pass on that. <laughs> well, that's Damn. Fun. That's fun. That sounds like a really good moment. Yeah. It, it, it actually involved me. Uh, Let's pause the broadcast. It, 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 the story. It, it, actually, it actually involved me um, uh, playing in the... Uh, the senior open at Crooked Stick in 2010, which I qualified for, and I was on the um, the driving range, and you know they put your name behind everybody, and you're hitting golf balls, and and the, and the fans are right behind you, and Andy Bean was leading the golf tournament, and um, there was a guy behind me, and Andy Bean was off in the distance hitting balls, and he's a big boy, and the guy behind me said. And I, you, you couldn't miss hearing it. He says, boy, that old Andy Bean hasn't passed up much on the potato salad, has he? <laughs> <laughs> and I just got the biggest kick out of that. <laughs> Did he hear it? Uh, no, Andy didn't hear it, but I sure as hell heard it. <laughs> uh, best golfer ever? Of oh, Tiger Woods. Favorite golfer ever? Without knowing them personally, if I had to choose a guy I'd like to play golf with, I think I'd have to say Phil Mickelson. Okay, that's actually a better question than my question. Scott, how about you? If you could play with somebody who you have... Or, Do they have to be a golfer, or are we talking like anybody in history? See, for me, it's Gerald Ford. I'll just stand behind him, but anyway, go ahead. Well, and you could probably play with him. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I don't know. I think the legend of Ben Hogan is a lot for me. I, I would enjoy the experience of seeing Ben Hogan play. So, probably Ben Hogan. Matt? So, I'm limited to just golfers? Well, let's do, let's well, do. You are limited. And you can't, say Scott, say, you can't say Scott Peters because yeah. I got him. Let's, yeah. go, let's go two categories then. First, golfer. Second, person. That's a hard question. It is. It is a hard question. I mean, if, I guess golfers, I'd probably say Rory, because I've got a soft spot for him, which you guys know. Um, people, I mean, if, like, I don't want to tug at heartstrings now, but I wish I could play another round with my dad. Okay, that's that answer. For me, I'll go Lee Trevino, because I figure it probably would be fun playing. And he uh, would out-talk you. Well, yeah. and, and that's, I mean, I think if you, I get it's a hypothetical, but you want to have fun. I mean, I think yeah. Rory would be fun. Tiger would be a dull probably. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't see Ben Hogan as being shucks and yucks. But, uh, but, <laughs> yeah. No, but the I don't think so. would be exceptional. Yeah. 
Yes. Well, everybody gets different things from different uh, from different people. Uh, all right, uh, stick the Mount Rushmore of PGA golf top four players. Oh boy. Well, I mean, I think it, obviously Tiger Woods. Uh, I think one and two to me are easy. Tiger Woods, Jack Nicklaus. You can flip those either way you like. Um, I think Scott and I flip it on the other side of you. You know, I and you. And I, I think you could argue for both. Um, I think for raw talent, I think it's Tiger Woods. Uh, but obviously, for the records, Jack's there. Um, I, I like the uh, the durability of Phil Mickelson. I think he's been around forever, and I think I'd go with probably um, Ben Hogan. All right, Scott. We've never asked you this question. Uh, Rush, good one. So Bobby Jones, Hogan, Jack, and Tiger. Matt, being the millennial in the crowd. We'd like to I'm not. I, I, I probably wouldn't change any of either of those. I mean, I mean, you could. It's, it's Rory, 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 and Rory. <laughs> he would not be on the Mount Rushmore. He'd be my personal <laughs> yeah. Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Um, well, he's never going to win a major. Would he be on Mount Cranmar? <laughs> <laughs> Only in the snowmobile or skimobile. <laughs> skimobile. I think he was pictured. All right, in the Mount Rushmore of New Hampshire golf. Well, I've already, not, not that you would pick yourself, but you can't. I've already gone with that one. Nobody right. at the table. Yes, you have. Oh, Step. gosh. You're asking me? Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, I think you go with... Um, I think you go with... Um, hard for me to say because I was not of the era, but Tommy Leonard. Um, boy, har- hard to argue with Bob Mealcars winning all those state AMs. Um, Phil Pleat's got the record. Um, and stacks the four. No, so I'll just you, say you can you're, 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 you're you can pick four. beyond that. All right, Dana. Dana. Yeah. I think Dana's Dana is a good Dana pick. Dana's a very good pick. But she won like thirty-five state amps. Well, she won oodles of state amps, and right. she, you know she's endured over time too. Yeah, a long time, and played against different ages as well as she won. So, seventeen, I think. But uh, amazing. <coughs> All right, uh, <coughs> let's move on to PGA news. Any slow play updates? We beat, we beat, <laughs> we beat to death the issue of uh, over the last two shows. I well, think. we've been frustrated by the right. slow play issue and, and the lack of. Well, I played with Scott today, and I mean, I experienced it firsthand. <laughs> yeah, they were on the clock was all day. Was that before or after lunch? <laughs> Which could be an explanation. Stack hasn't been part of our conversations, right. but we we have we have been very aggressively pursuing the slow play issue, and I think that our frustration has been that they don't really do anything about it. I mean, no, they ultimately, don't. they can do something about it if it, they choose it's about, to do It's it. about time to dole out some penalties. It is. You know, it's it's a very simple fix, and I think that would uh, alleviate the problem. I mean, they just, for whatever reason, they're extremely reluctant to do so. Well, and, and I, I pointed out, Stack, why. which you'll agree, they've had two slow play penalties. They picked an amateur at the Masters, right? right. And they picked an amateur, I believe, at the U.S. Women's Open. So, to me, that says two things. A, they're unwilling to make that hard decision, and they're choosing to make that hard decision over people that aren't really relevant, and it doesn't really affect them. It doesn't so, cost anybody any money there, right. so, but you're right. I mean, it, to me, it's a simple solution. So, why don't they do it? Uh, I think it's money. Well, but Slugger White was quoted as saying, I don't want to cost somebody their livelihood. And Honestly, so, a referee is saying, 
he doesn't dare call a penalty because it might affect their livelihood, which is not the judgment of what an official right. should make. Right. They're it's coddled. not relevant. They're coddled like every other star athlete is. I mean, to, to the point we're making about who's been penalized, I think we'll all be disappointed if, and I'm using him as an example because he just made it on the PGA Tour, but Chris Baker, who made it from the Corn Ferry Tour, plays in his first PGA Tour event in the wraparound season, and they penalize him for slow play. Instead of penalizing DeChambeau or one of these other, Jason Day, one of these other marquee names that everyone knows is slow, it's, you know, everybody used to complain that Jordan got all the calls, right? He was a coddled superstar. The PGA Tour, I think, coddles their superstars. I agree. I don't know statistically what the average um, the average round uh, on the tour is, but it's got to be somewhere in the five-hour range, I'm guessing. And for quality players, that's absurd. It just doesn't make any sense. I know they're playing... Uh, you know, as a livelihood, but I mean, when when guys like us that I would say are pretty decent golfers uh, can go around and play in three three and a half hours walking in some cases in, in the right golf course, that's ridiculous. I agree. Yes, I do too. What, so, what what do you think it would take? How many they do it with marquee players who are like that? How many would you have? Four or five? I, I do sense get the that there's a quick. bit of a. a um, I think it's now more on the radar than it used to be. And so I think they're on the verge of penalizing somebody. They haven't done it yet, but I think it's now going to be acceptable if they do penalize somebody. So perhaps and maybe and hopefully. But again, five to five and a half hours is totally unacceptable for, for twosomes or threesomes. Yeah, especially twosomes. It's Even crazy. Threesomes, but yeah. If you make it hurt, it will it will resolve the problem. Right. I think make it hurt. And I think quickly, too. Thanks, I, I think they'll get the message. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Dave. I think the message will be loud and clear. If those uh, if those penalty strokes come out, which translate into dollars, they're going to move. Yeah, and I think so, in, in the so meet- just I googled average PGA Tour round time, and you, it doesn't appear to me that you can really get an answer. And it's almost like by the PGA this, Tour does design, not want to have that by design, out there, right? Because there's an article back here from 2000 and. 18 February 4th of 2018 where somebody on tour is quoted as saying we, we typically stay right around the four and a half hour threshold as average whether early in the round or late in the round and then depending on tournament conditions but they have that data right they just don't want it to get out well watch watch a golf tournament on TV and um, if you tune into a US Open or you can t- you can figure it it's, out it's it's more than 4 hours that's Oh sure. yeah I mean I you're there for, for all the, day. the stats they have for all the information they have they have this Well doesn't the, it's maybe I don't it might not be the European tour it might be the ladies tour where they they publish the, in the locker room they have a list of the slow players and their round right. times right and I mean I understand the world we live in you don't want to shame people but and everybody already knows who the slow players are yep. but if the tour was serious then they put that on in a weekly press release. Here are the average times by player. And they're the average amount of time they took to, to hit a shot. Or something so that there, there's some sort of public knowledge about. And again, we know really who the habitual offenders are. Totally great. Well, you would think that the, the uh, golf media, maybe know those not tied to uh, the tournaments and the tour financially, like you know the networks or somebody like that, but you would think somebody would, would report that kind of information that you're talking about. If they, if it really was an issue and it's a it's a legitimate journalistic topic, you would think that they do it. 
maybe not the newspapers, but you know, Golf Digest or somebody like that. So, anyway, well, I'll say this: there's going to be a lot more publicity from now that you live in an age with social media. Well, you know what? There is going to be somebody out there who's going to find out some algorithm or something to sit there and calculate when groups teed off and when their scores posted. So one of the things that frustrates me about this is that I listen to XM with golf radio, and they talk about golf being a slow game, and that we're, we should expect slow play because it's a slow game, and that you really can't speed it up more than a couple minutes, and I... That drives me crazy because I just don't see it the same way that these these guys see it, which is... And isn't it just a silly thing to say when, when the two players in the final event of the year who were in the last group are two of the fastest players on tour, McElroy and Kepka take no time at all right. to get over it and hit it. So this idea that it should be... In, they probably are slower in certain situations, which everyone is. But generally speaking, those are two of the fastest guys, and there they are in the last group of the last event of the year. How'd you like to mic those Wait. guys up and hear what they're saying exactly? Hear what they're saying about the guys in front of them. I mean, you know, we've all been playing golf forever. What do you say when you're playing well, behind somebody who's really walk slow? slow? They purposely take their time because they know they're going to have. Well, oh, I thought it was somewhat right. embarrassing, and I don't know who the group in front of them was in the tour championship. But here we have. Rory in this sort of coronation. He's playing great. They get they're waiting on the 18th tee to tee off. I mean, what kind of message does that send? Right. In twosomes, the best players in the world. These guys are now waiting on the 18th to, to tee off. And I get it's a it's a par five where you guys are going forward into, and that can slow things down. But it just to me sends this funny message of we talked about it. We talked, and here these two guys are. They can't even get the guys in front of them to get right. out of the way. And, and Matt, then and then you ask yourself, well, okay, how long did it take Rory to play that round of golf? It wasn't probably no, that's less a good point too. It it's probably, probably wasn't le- it probably wasn't less than five hours. Oh, but they were playing in two Well, but but his but point still. But how it, long did it take? Right. But if you're know. playing behind somebody slow and people are slow, but you're going to be. He that's going to take. Said we could have played thirty minutes faster. Right. Listen. Again, you know, talking about us locally, we we can go around if we had a twosome and we're walking. If I'm playing with Scott as slow as he is, if I'm playing with Scott <laughs> as slow as he is, I bet you if we played a twosome and we walk, we could finish this particular golf course in under three hours or just about three hours. We had the experience. I won't say where, but you and I and a couple of other people we know, one who I'm related to, played, and we played around the golf in probably about four hours that we could have played. A half an hour fast, no doubt. Hey, I play in the afternoon a lot at like 1.30, and I'll play the back nine specifically because there's not a lot of people on the course, and I can play it in hour and a half, hour and fifteen sometimes. And I'm I'm a joy to play behind, hitting like four balls. So. You know, I played at Portsmouth Country Club in a twosome. You notice he wasn't a joy to play with; he's a joy to play behind. <laughs> yeah, right. Again, just part of my charm. <laughs> you know, I played in, at Portsmouth Country Club this past weekend in a twosome. You know, we were in carts. Granted, we played nine holes in an hour and fifteen minutes. Right. Well, the stroke play, the two round, the day we played thirty six. You guys didn't play a round that was over three hours, right? Jim Jankowski making a cameo on the podcast. He wants he wants to be on the podcast. Yeah, good. He, they're staying up here. Yeah. 
you want to go out to eat? Yeah. Okay, good. What are you just saying? I should tell everybody that we are at, we're at uh, North Conway Country Club. We are in the nineteenth hole. In the nineteenth hole, we're among the people and uh, doing it. And so that's some of the background noise. And people are coming by doing sign language, trying to get these guys. <laughs> who are all staying here tonight. To Which I don't understand that. sign language. Right. So it's very difficult for me. Yeah. I, I had no idea <laughs> what Janikowski was just saying because it was like fingers straight. I think he was the guy that was doing the sign language. You know when they were declaring emergencies. <laughs> Dorian. <laughs> Dorian. Yeah, he took the uh, Garrett Morris role from Saturday Night Live back in the day. Uh, <laughs> Again, who had that? Uh, uh, yeah. Matt's looking at us saying, who? <laughs> I'm Googling that now. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the FedEx Cup, the Tour Championship. It's a perfect segue. Matt was a happy guy. He didn't, we, he didn't get to make Which the prediction. Which is an oxymoron, by I the know, way. I ahead. know that. I know that. But uh, Rory came out. I don't want to say he didn't come out of nowhere, but he certainly delivered in winning the uh, the, the tournament. And uh, let me just say, does that change what we were talking about? Was it two weeks ago or three weeks ago? Af- or after the British Open when we said we were wondering if he's ever, because he tries too hard. And my comment was, he doesn't rise to the challenge in those big moments, but when he just lets his talent go, he plays. Does it change what we were saying? I mean, I don't think you guys agree. Or does it reinforce it? Yeah. What do you think? I, I mean, I guess I would sort of, my, in, in seeing him win, and obviously I was happy, but you're left, was this year a success for him? How could it be? Yeah. It's funny, we had this discussion with my two boys around the dinner table, and and they would about his expectations. Adamant. He had a great year. He's got, great, he's got but 15 he never, million reasons to like him. Yeah, right. but, but that's but he not why he plays. Do you think he would trade everything he won this year? So he won the Players, he won the Canadian Open, he won, wins the Masters. He traded all for a Masters. For the Masters. Yes. I, I think, think he, he traded. I, I think he would have traded it for this particular British Open. I think the he, Masters in, in hometown. But I, I agree with you. This one, was, this one right. was different. I, right. I'd trade it. We'll text him. Oh, yeah. We're on the air. Hi, Andy. Honeywell. Hi, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, more sa- more sign language. Uh, but what what are your thoughts about Rory? We we've been saying that he and my, what I said was I don't know that he rises to the, the biggest moments, and when he lets his talent flow, he just plays normal and shows what how great how talented he is. You know, one I think it's it's very difficult for. For we laymen to relate to these guys. True. You know, these guys go week to week and they're living, you know, hotel to hotel and so forth. I mean, I know some of the elites, you know, Aurori and Phil and Tiger and all those guys have it a little bit better, but it's a tough life. And to stay motivated week in and week out, I think, has got to be exceptionally difficult. Rory just played seven of the last eight weeks. Imagine that. In I couldn't golf. personally relate to that. I don't know how they do it. I mean, as much as I Agreed. love to play golf, I agree. I, I, I don't think I would ever wish upon myself to, to have the lifestyle of a tour player. I, and I say that honestly because I'm more of a family guy, and I like staying at home, and I'm a homebody and all that stuff. But I don't know how these guys do that. It, it, just trying to be a journeyman, playing week to week. And, relentless. And, and relentless, relentless. Yeah. And relentless and moving on. It's it's a very, very difficult it's lifestyle. It's a grind, that's for sure. It is a grind. And, you know, a guy like Rory McIlroy, who is obviously a, a fantastic talent, it's got to be difficult for a guy like him to be up all the time. And that's his, his own personal... Uh, uh, battle that he has to go through. 
and I can't tell you what he's thinking, but it can't it can't be easy. And the conclusion he, is hard not to con- it's hard not to come to the fact that Rory may be the most talented player in the world. He, he could right? be, and, and I know the Kepka thing and all that, but when Rory's on. You know, we talked about how he's not going to win, maybe, but based on uh, the mind. Yeah. But physically, he is the most talented. I, I, I agree. I mean, I when he is, and it's you know somebody who likes him. It's frustrating to know you see him win, and and then he played well at the Omega Masters or whatever, whatever it was over in Europe. And it's like, what what must he be thinking to himself? April is six months from now. What is my game going to be like? Because he would pay any amount of money he had to to go tee it up at number one at Augusta right but now. But can you see. imagine playing golf from where his drives are? Well, the I, game's a lot easier when you drive it as well as he drives it. I think if you put it from a point of view, if you could buy a golf swing as a player today and instantly put yourself in those shoes right now, totally. I would buy Rory McIlroy totally without a doubt. Totally but great. that is... That is so fluid. That changes constantly. And yep. a year or two or three from now, it's not going to be him. Perhaps it's not going to be him. It could and be he, somebody you know, else. He's really improved his putting this year, too. He's putted really well. Agreed. Agreed. So it's a, it's tough. It is tough. Well, you know, uh, we have been talking about Tiger and his year, trying to figure out exactly what is going on in his mind. Uh, and... You know, maybe it speaks to what you're talking about in terms of the grind. That he's just not willing to do what he that what is required to do that. And is that why he was? Because he didn't after winning the Masters, he really didn't seem to care all that much. You know, although he just I would had a never new- pretend that I know what's going on in his head. But it's got to be tough for any athlete to stay so motivated and so driven. Especially a guy like Tiger that's now in his 40s. How do you do it? I mean, especially when you know your time is waning. Right. How do you do it? Get yourself up every single week to you know go out there and, and well, grind. Well, especially when your biggest goal at this point, it's hard not to conclude, his biggest goal is to win the Masters. Right. So he doesn't win that. Now he's got majors, which are still hugely important. But there's got to be a letdown, right? Right. I so, would think. Well, and so the fact it's that you fact. wake up in the morning. You go on. Let's say he goes. He goes on vacation to stay somewhere in the you know in the islands, and they're staying in a beautiful house. And he wakes up and he says, "This could be my life every day. I never have to hit another golf ball if I don't want to. I got more money than I'll ever need." Right. And I agree with you, Stack. I don't know. It's and to see the guys who are always competing. Your Rory's, your your Brooks's, your DJs, your Justin Thomas's. Those guys who all. You do realize how good they are because you have to wonder how much that starts to creep in. That I don't need to play that great. I don't need to win the FedEx Cup. I don't need fifteen million dollars. It's nice. You know, what, what it gets to a point of what drives you. Right. What drives you? You know, Tiger Woods. You, you could say, well, it's it's greatness, it's history, it's it's records, and so forth. But still, it's got to be hard, you know. And then you got younger guys like you know Brooks Kepka, who has so much potential. Well, in this in this um, this era, didn't have the same challenge of Jack. Jack had to win because he needed the money. Right. He won all the tournaments he won. They weren't making much money. Now, Rory never needs to win another event, turn no, another dime. Well, Rory he won doesn't more. have to. That's not what it's about anymore. So. It's Rory won more money than Jack ever won in his lifetime. Already, 
right, maybe that golf last week. Last right. week. Right. <laughs> you know, so it's I a mean, different dynamic. There's two other things, though. You were talking about the grind. You know, I, I think also expectations are the, the, the narrow margin of error in golf over any other sport in that guy goes 0 for 4 or 0 for 8 baseball player on Friday and Saturday. Golfer does that. It's over. You don't make the cut. You do it in baseball, you're just playing on Sunday, and people rarely remember that unless you did it with the bases loaded in the bottom of the ninth or something like that. And I, I think that can probably makes it tougher. Um, and, you know, in terms of Tiger, I, I, and I'll say Mickelson has, he's never won, a, it's the U.S. Open, he hasn't won, right? He hasn't won, a, Mickelson's, Mickelson's not won not, the US So he can point to that, even if the others aren't right. as important. You know, I don't think he's going to win it, but in his mind, he can maybe that get up for that. That is the most important tournament left in his career. Exactly. That's correct. Exactly. That's, that's probably what drives him. Right. Yeah. Right. And, I mean, he'd and love to win a Masters. He'd love to win a British Open. Yeah, love, but he yeah, wants I mean, that one more. Totally. Everybody likes to win. It's the people who hate to lose or the loss really eats at them. And I think the U.S. Open would drive him. In the case of Tiger, he's won them all. And the only other thing that he had was the 18 majors. But I think, in, is, I think in his mind, he did, too, but I agree. right? But I think in his mind, I think he does. He knows he's not going to get that. Just yeah, I think it's the same way for McIlroy. It's, it's Augusta, right? Yes, I think he right. wanted to win in Northern Ireland, but I think he he wants to be part of that fraternity where you yep. are immortalized there forever, and how much it means to him, and how much it's how much it, how much you're flagging someone down. <laughs> Let's, let's hope that didn't get on. Sign language. Um, We've got that one. Point to the glass. Bring the Pepsi. But it is funny to talk about, to Steck's point about, your, your gr- you see all these guys last week at the Corn Ferry event who've gotten on tour, right? They've climbed that mountain. So the first PGA Tour event of the wraparound season is next Green week. Greenbrier. At Greenbrier. Which is amazing, Which is weird because it used to be in the We're middle of summer. Middle of September, and we already have the first tournament of next right. year. And now those guys are thinking, okay, I'm, I can go play in this tournament, and I have to make a paycheck to cover all of my expenses for this mm. week for going to pay, play in this PGA Tour. And then I need to make a paycheck at the Sanderson Farms in Mississippi, and then the Safeway Open in Napa. And it's it becomes this... I've done it. Now I have to figure out how to stay here and make this profitable and be successful. It becomes a it becomes a small business. It's it, you know it's not so small business even because it that's a lot of work. You know you got to pay the. I mean, by the way, this is so the wraparound schedule is West Virginia, Mississippi, California, Vegas, Texas, Korea, Japan. And that's all in this 2019. Yes, right? it's all still in 2019. It's so different. It, so it is very different. So you know different. what used to end, you know, before football season began. It's hard not it to think it helps going. the corn fairy players, though, does it not? I mean, because they, they get to keep playing, right? They're they're coming yeah. off of you know they're, and the fields are smaller. This is their greatest opportunity to. Well, and the marquee players aren't there. That's what I mean. Yeah. And they're they've got opportunities yep. that they would have never had. Uh, beyond uh, the McElroy win. Um, any thoughts? What stands out about the tournament players' championship? Like, the I mean, FedEx the tour, Cup. I'm sorry, the Tour Championship, FedEx Cup. Anything? Well, Kepka played pretty the well. The fact right? that I guess so let's acknowledge that I think that the new system worked, meaning in the sense of the winner of the Tour Championship won the FedEx Cup. So I think that yeah. worked. Okay. Does it? Is it ideal? It's not. 
is, should it be tweaked still? I think it should, but I think it's better than it has been. Yeah. And that you could watch the event and you know whoever won this tournament was going to be the FedEx Cup champion. And I think that's a positive. I don't think it's still where it needs to be. Right. Didn't but, the minus but it 10, was improved. The 10 stro- stroke lead to start, or at least the minus 10 for Justin Well, you know, Thomas that went away did. pretty quickly. I did. It really did. Right? And so, I, I, again, I don't I, think it's right. Thank you. I don't think it's right, but I think it's improved. Yeah. I think, Dave, I would come from the point of view that I'm not sure I'm a fan of the FedEx Cup at all. Yeah, um, I'm with it, you. It seems to me that it's artificial. It's uh, it's forcing a football like playoff season into golf, and the nature of golf isn't such. So I would say that uh, when the FedEx Cup first came around, I wasn't much of a fan. I didn't pay much attention. I didn't know what it was all about, and I didn't care. And I would tell you that I'm, for the most part, although I watched it. For the most part, I'm still there. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, but we, t- a Seth, playoff, we talked about you watch it, but we all watch it because we're golfers. I watch it as right? a golfer. Right. And I watch it because, you know, the A, they're, they're you know, the top-ranked players of the world, and they're playing for a boatload of money. But it, really, I don't watch it because of the money. Um, I just don't like – I'm not sure I like the the right. artificial structure there of a are four four playoff for golf. Yeah, I don't right? like There are four majors yeah. that made the players a fifth major. Yeah. Tour Championship FedEx Cup is at best sixth. At best. Yeah, and I'm and not even, even sure it's that. that. It's not, not even, even the sure same category. That. I don't like the fact that people are going in with points already into it. Scott is the one who put his finger on that one. Yeah. I think it should start right from the beginning. Again, you're now in the playoffs. It's not that you have to start be like zero. Everyone. Right. It's not that you have to. Those points from the year qualify you to get in the playoffs. They seed you. Right. And they seed you. But... You know, to me, it's a gimmick the way they do it, and I don't. I don't well, know. I think do well, I think the whole FedEx Cup is a gimmick. Right. It really is. I just um, think they need to have an ending to the year if they're going to have the PGA in, a better ending to the year. If they're going to have the PGA in May and the British Open in the middle of July is the last, you know, must see event. I think they got to come up with something. Honestly, I, I really think it's it's a construct of for television. It's let's I end this. It's it's let's end this golf season just in time for the football season. Well, you know what's scary is they copy NASCAR of all things, <laughs> that, right? Is that not true? Are they, I do that in pretty much every copy, phase of okay. life. Sorry, Mister Convertible. <laughs> um, they copied NASCAR. That's kind of how we got to the FedEx Cup. And why is golf copying auto racing? So they sort of made they're kind this of thing. similar, aren't they? <laughs> well, it feels like they get run over if you're. They're both really. Slow, <laughs> but it does seem to be a sort of fictitious championship. Whereas there are right. four majors, the players; those are the five big tournaments in my mind. Yeah, I agree. And anything other than that, okay, they're nice events, and there's money, and I get all this, but it's it's artificial. I, I, what I would say, the final word from my end on this is that I don't know that I can see anybody in the locker room or at the ceremony getting the the trophy and the check, or whatever, at the end tearing up, getting a big lump in their throat, and not be able to talk because it means so much. Where in those other events, we've seen that. Listen, the video of Shane Lowry in an Irish pub singing those Gaelic songs <laughs> was priceless. as good as anything I've ever... Priceless. Right? Was you didn't see the one of Rory in the back of the FedEx delivery van saying? <laughs> <laughs> enough, 24 enough of you and delivery. Rory, all right? <laughs> but, it, I mean, to me... That speaks volumes. I mean, right. someone winning the Masters, somebody winning the... 
Right. Well, so that, Shane that Lowry winning the British. Those it goes were, back to my question of would McElroy have traded all of the success this year? Of course year? he would have. Absolutely. Yes. I totally yes. agree. And yet, he had a great year. He had a great year. Great year. All right, we're going to move on to our awards and what I call uh, what now for the following people. But before I do that, let me mention the presenting sponsor, Preferred Lies, is Golf and Ski Warehouse, where you want to go for the best selection, service, and savings. Swing by Golf and Ski Warehouse in Hudson, Greenland, and West Lebanon in New Hampshire. And in Scarborough, Maine, which actually, where we are right now, that's the closest store, right? In Scarborough, Maine. Learn more and get directions at GolfSkiWarehouse.com. Scott, how long will it take you to get this golf and ski in Scarborough and get yourself a new putter? A helicopter? <laughs> a lefty putter. Yeah, I got a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm a good putter, darn it. Yes, you are. Let's go to what now for the following people. What now? Coming off this year, where do they go? We'll start with uh, Tiger Woods. Who's dealing with two things now? His uh, ex-girlfriend Lindsey Vaughn is getting married to. You must love this, PJ PK Subban. Why would he be dealing with that in any way? Who knows? <laughs> Some people, you know, carry a torch. But okay. I would think you'd be Subban being a villain. He played for uh, Montreal. I hate. I mean, no. That's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. That must be a double whammy. But anyway, what now for Tiger? Got to be to get healthy, right? Another injury, you're right, another surgery. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. What now for Tiger? I think Tiger needs to decide that, meaning he clearly decided after the Masters what now. He doesn't know what now is. I think at some point he needs to recognize or will recognize breaking Sam Snead's record is important. And How far away? One or two? One. One, okay. So any event he wins, that's important. But, gosh, it's we've talked about this. It feels like the Masters win was bigger for him than we actually ever thought. And so I'm not sure he believes he's going to get the Jacks record. So to me, for him, the next thing is to try and beat Sam Snead's record. Right now, apparently, it's fist pumping with Rafa Nadal at every point at the U.S. Open. Yeah, but it was actually kind of nice to see him enjoying himself. Yeah. You know, I would tell you that... Um, from my point of view, whatever Tiger Woods decides he wants to do for himself is fine with me. It's up to him. What do you think a goal is of his is, though? I don't know. You have right. to ask him. Well, of course. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> That's great radio. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'm all about great radio. <laughs> no, but seriously, you know, he's accomplished so much. I agree. That I agree. It, I would cut him any slack that he wanted, and, and you know, from a critical point of view, I think whatever he does is fine. I'm still going to admire his accomplishments. I think he's been fantastic for I golf, probably more influential than anybody. I would really. say someone who, who never really rooted for him, who hopes he doesn't break Jack's record, that I hope he finds happiness. Because I, I think he's, I concur he's with been that. a robot. He was... He was raised to do one thing. He did it. Has done it really. He did it exceptionally well, right? Um, But I also think he had his life under a microscope like no one else has. He was arguably the most famous athlete in the world, (laughs) maybe still even potentially. And as far as ESPN's concerned, that's true. But I'm not going to mention. Listen, it's hard not to acknowledge that Rafi Nadal wins the U.S. Open, and he acknowledges Tiger Woods. Never heard that before. I mean, think of all the stars in the U.S. Open watching right. tennis. I've never Rafi seen that. Nadal is acknowledging the greatest golf forever. That says a lot. 
I mean, he doesn't owe anybody anything, I don't think, but it would be nice to see a guy who I think we've seen soften the last few years and maybe become, to the extent he can be, a little more approachable. So do you think he's, based on both you and Steck's comments, do you think he's goal-less? Do you think he has no more goals? No, I think because he's such an intense competitor... I think he So has, what do you think his goals are? His goals, not our goals for him. What are his goals? I think he probably, his his goal would, I think he still would say, I want to break Jack's record. Because to, to be goalless point, means he probably won't win again. You know what I mean? Yeah. He needs I, something. I, I, you, you almost I just think his rest- scope is narrowed. Significantly, Agreed. yeah, you know, and you might be right. I mean, maybe it's maybe it's Sam Sneed, maybe he it's the majors. Goal. There's probably only two. Of those two, Jack and Sam. That's, That's the it. only two. Totally. Agree. Um, he may see them as being in his sights. Whether he's going to accomplish them or not, who knows? But I don't think beyond that, there's a whole lot. I don't Agreed. think he. Uh, he has aspirations to win 10 more tour events or whatever. I don't think that's going to happen. But I think you're right. It's those two. I would think it would be to pass Sam Snead. That seems more doable, but who knows? You could I mean, win I, a major. I don't but even think, based on how he played last year, I don't think, think he cares if he plays on the Ryder Cup team again. That seems like a big inconvenience. Okay, too. so obviously that question begs to ask, is he going to pick himself for the President's Cup? I don't think he will. Mm. Be I think TV's going to make him. That's a that's a tough thing to do. I think pick TV's, right? TV's going to make him because NBC. Do you think NBC wants him to play or be captain? Of course they want. Nobody's going to gonna watch anyway. <laughs> I think I think I think if Tiger plays, there'll be a lot more there eyes will on. Be more him. people. You're right. So I think NBC wants him to play. You know what's interesting though? TV Talking always about, wants Tiger to play. Yes, they'll want him to play ten years from now. I mean, just just look at any pick pick your event. Who are they focusing on? Even if he's ten shots behind, they're they're, they're focusing on Tiger Woods. I'm not going to say anything about that. <laughs> you obviously, based on how you will. So. Well, no, I'm just. Well, it's, it's a fact. Just inside, it's, no, no, it's, it's an inside joke. I, ESPN.com oh. puts him finishes twenty shots off the pace. He's the first four stories, and right. then it's, oh, by the way, Rory won. Yeah, right. So, but I'm not going to mention that because Scott rolls his eyes when I do <laughs> and tells me to get over it. But I will say this, though, and, and again, I said earlier, not that you do what other people in other sports do or what other people do. You do what you're true to. But how many in other sports have we, especially in baseball, have we seen guys hang around to get their 3,000th hit or their 300th win or Pete Rose hanging in yeah, there to beat Ty Cobb? Right? I mean, he's not that. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. He, he, but... It's interesting that he's one away from Sam Snead, mm. and that that seems doable. And um, you know, I don't. So it, it's inter- I just think that's interesting because I mean, early so, win hung around for two years to get his 300th win in baseball. He went a year and a half without a win. Early win. I've actually heard of that. You have. Yeah, it's from Washington. I have. I have a uh, an early win baseball card. <laughs> I, I, dead serious. I, well, I believe you. How else would you come up with so, early win? So 9, 10, 11, 12, he gets four captain's picks in the standings. is Finau, Woodland, Fowler, and Reed. Yeah. And Tigers 13. Yes. Right. And so, so it's think, not like he... You think that NBC wants Ches Reedy or Tiger to be... The, and if Stricker was captain... He'd pick Tiger. He'd pick Tiger. If anyone else other than Tiger was captain, they would pick him. Whether he should or shouldn't be, they would pick him. I, I agree. So I, I, I think... Totally agree. Whether I... I'm not sure I agree with it, but I think he should pick himself. Would he play if somebody else picked him? He would. 
I mean, not if he picked himself. He would. Yeah, you're right. He would. He, he wouldn't dare. Unless he was really hurt and yeah. physically couldn't do it, he would say. And the uniqueness is that they still have three months almost before the event. It's December right. 12th. So, like, literally three months. Frank Sinatra's birthday, by the way. Start okay. In there. <laughs> right. Right, old blue eyes. Well done. <laughs> yeah. um, so I think he's going to play. But interesting. It is interesting to me. The, so the vice captains are Couples, Stricker, and Zach Johnson. And, you know, Stricker's a guy who's always seemed to kind of have Tiger's ear. And you wonder, and you wonder so how much... Fratting. Yeah. So to say, don't he's do gonna it. Pick, no, he's going to pick him. I'm, I'm on record right now saying he's absolutely going to be... He's going to pick himself. All right. Let's uh, move to... Does that mean Reed doesn't get picked? Because no, I wouldn't have a problem with it now. <laughs> now he should pick himself. That's interesting, right? I mean, Finau, I think you got to pick. He's and, in a great And year. Ricky. Woodland. And what a major. Right? And, and Ricky. Those are no-brainers. <laughs> so it'd be interesting. It'd be very interesting. <laughs> it uh, is. You couldn't have picked a better... But for him, again... To your point, if anyone else was captain, he would be captain. I, I agree with that. So it's undeniable. The challenge is, do you pick yourself? All right, what, you know, isn't it funny though? Because everybody always talked about when Phil was captain, when he gets the captain. And by the way, not in the conversation. Correct. But Phil would be the first one to pick himself, right? And yet here we are. <laughs> that Tiger's probably going to end up being the one that picks himself. Yeah. All right. What next for Phil? Phil's going to keep playing. By the way, there's no one better at the Instagram fireside chats than Phil. Oh, the Those best. I mean, pretty they good. are the best. They're very good. He had Justin Thomas. I just heard Jordan Spieth. I mean, he's fireside. So like, here's he's, the guy. he's found his niche. Right. He here's a guy who's pushing 50, and yet he's still relevant. And totally relevant. And played has played awful for the last I was actually surprised to hear you months. put him on Mount Rushmore. Only sense of... You know, I just I, I say that because of his. Uh, you his, obviously like him. I, well, I like him, but I like his. But his accomplishments don't his, put him there. No, no, I don't think it's about the com. I think it's it, it's his uh, his endurance, his durability, his time time on tour. He's still there and he's still relevant. And it's hard not to add to his resume that he played in Tiger's era. Right. Meaning he would have won more without Tiger. Now, I'm not saying that makes him greater or less. I'm just saying he won six with Tiger during Tiger's era. It's like Ali Dar to affirm. And, he won, triple crown and I would say he won that many when he was forever had the stigma of best player to never win one. Right. That it was never going to happen for him. And relatively late in his career, all Agreed. things considered. Yep. He, he, won won six. First one. he won six in a fairly short period of time. I mean, Alidar would have won, would have been a triple crown winner if a firm wasn't in the same six year. Six in what, nine, nine years maybe? Who is the best player who has never won one? Never won a major? Yeah. Or a, Ever in in history, or are yeah. we talking about right yeah. now? Yeah, we just you just said that was where the first where he name was that destined. comes to mind for me is Colin Montgomery, Lee Westwood. Those Lee two Westwood jumped to mind. Jumps into my mind. Those two jumped to mind for me. Ricky in there, mm. but hasn't had as successful career as Colin and or Lee Westwood. And I don't know that, that he's ever been like Montgomery for a while. Lee Westwood has won has been in the top three in majors eight times. Think about that. Eight times. I know. Colin Montgomery was the European Player of the Year for... Ever. Right. And, and any <laughs> tournament for a certain period of time Jack that he Nicholas entered, he was in the... congratulated Colin Montgomery on winning the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach while Tom Kite was still on the course. 
It always reminded me of Bill Parcells. Every time he, he just, to me, he looks like Bill yeah, Parcells. Yeah, I think right? they have this kind of the same build and all that stuff. I think right. you're right. Right. So. Kuchar? Not as accomplished, but I think he's right in the conversation. Ron. I'd say Kuchar's ahead I, of I think I think you're looking at talent, people that are probably too young right, right. now. Kuchar's in the conversation. Rom's going to win one. But, but it's hard not to suggest that both Colin Montgomery and Lee Westwood are sort of after, I mean, they're they're not going to win again, right? Yeah, I mean, no, and not yet, likely. They've had many, many great chances. Yeah. So for me, those are the two that jump to mind. It's certainly with high expectations right. in their in their and era, great in their success, time. right? All right, two more now. What's first is uh, Brooks Kepka predictions for twenty twenty, and where do you think he goes from here? Keeps well, I'm just going to be looking at all those He's naked shots in the ESPN. Body <laughs> okay, good. Um, yep, wouldn't have gone there. He sure seems to have <laughs> fallen in love with the celebrity of it all, hasn't he? He went from he started the year with I'm not getting any respect to now being a body issue guy and and touting his own horn a little mm-hmm. bit. That being said, he's way too good not to keep winning. You know, I find it curious how he excels in majors and seems to um, kind of kind of flow with the with the field in, in many other events. And I wonder gotten, why that is. I, I don't know if it's gotten a, words or will get words from the PGA Tour. Maybe tone that down a little bit because we have sponsors and people who need you to be playing in these events. And then when you're out there saying this event isn't important to me. I'm just I'm hypothesizing. I would think I for no sure idea. that he's going to hear no that idea. from somebody. I, I I find it curious. I, I wonder to myself why he seems to get so motivated for a quote major, and he doesn't seem to do a whole heck of a lot. Can I offer devil's advocate? Yeah, absolutely, huh? Yeah. Self-serving because he hasn't won the other ones. He's won the big ones, and right, so, so it's easy, don't play good. easy to dismiss the poor play with "I'm not interested" and embrace the good play because he's. One. So I personally, I'm not sure I buy it. Now I think Brooks Kepka, he and Rory are the two best players in the world. But it's interesting to me that it's right now. Agreed. Right. That, now. And that's all we know. Yep. But I kind of feel like it's a bit of a spin. It could be, and I, I think I probably agree with you, and that's why I. Throw I mean, I don't, I don't think he played very well at the Tour Championship, particularly the last round. He no. said so. Yeah, and. I mean, to Scott's point, is if you get, well, you know, it's it wasn't a major, so I really want nah, that that's, into that's it. That's kind of lame, I, I think. If that's, I think it is lame. But I think that's lame but if, if that's his reasoning. But golfers always need something to sort of dismiss bad play. Like oh, I don't, I miss that. I just suck. I miss that. Well, I played with Scott Peters today, so I didn't play that well. <laughs> and he's slow. And he's slow. <laughs> But, you know, we, it, it helps ease our mind. It helps us. No, I think you're right. You're, you're looking for uh, you're, you're looking for somewhere to lay the blame. Yeah, you don't want to take responsibility. That's correct. I mean, or, look, or I'll say this. He'll be, the, he'll be the, I would assume, if nothing major changes, I would have guessed he'd be the odds-on favorite to win the Masters next year, and we're six months away from the Masters, seven months away. How would you, how would you not well, I wouldn't think he's right? So, or that's is, what I think the, the future has for us. what conic way of looking at things part of the reason he plays so well when the pressure's as high as probably, it is. Probably. Probably. You know, I mean, well, or maybe he, maybe he feels like he's finally getting the, the attention he deserves and he's thriving in that. Who knows? I mean, talk, I mean, you've won 
tournaments, many major tournaments here for New Hampshire. What do you feel like when you're in the mi- really in the middle of it? Well, you can't go out. People recognize them on the street. I mean, <laughs> I mean just, look, there's, there's people that are lining up here to get his autograph. I mean, we have some I, you know, I, I laugh at that. Hours. My wife laughs at that. Thank you very much, Matt. <laughs> no, but when you're in the middle, really in the middle of one, it's a, the, well, you, you know, there, what's it I'll, like? I'll, 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 you know, speaking for myself personally, I love the competition. I, I love nothing more than being in the in the the heat of the the battle, if you will. So. Um, to me, that's what that's what golf and the competition is all about. I want to be there. Uh, unfortunately, which is why I hit bad shots because I know he thrives under the pressure. No, I mean, look, I, we, truly, I mean, that's why I, I, I th- that for me, I, that's what I love about the competition in golf. I want to be in the heat of the battle. If I'm not, that's when I find it frustrating. It's like you know what? I didn't play enough, play well enough to be where I want to be. I, so. I can tell you, as a basketball player in college, I liked playing in big games away from home more than I did at home when the places were packed and they hated you. You like being the enemy. Yeah, I do. And, and I like people thrive I, on I that. I would imagine, I heard Michael Jordan say this, I think it was Jordan said, there's no better feeling than to shut up a hostile crowd visitor when you're visiting. You, you make the shot and end about it. it all the time. It's easier to motivate a team when they're on the road yeah. in a hostile environment than it is when they're at home and they're comfortable and they're sleeping in their own bed. You yeah. know, Dave, uh, you know, one of my friends, Danny Noonan, said, made a comment to me years ago. And Is that the one from Caddyshack? <laughs> no, different Danny Noonan, but okay. a better guy even. <laughs> he, he said... Uh, you know, when you go in the stadium and you got you're, you're playing an opponent, an opponent, and he's, they've got the whole family out there, and he said, "There's nothing like sending the whole family home disappointed." <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I agree. And, and I, and, and along those lines, I agree with you. I think that's what he's talking about. You know. So, all right, and uh, our last, what now for uh, Roy McIlroy? Where's he go? So well, you're the expert, Matt. Win? You know the. We'll go to Matt. Win the Masters. You're the Rory McIlroy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was a hard eye roll. <laughs> yeah, that was that was almost as bad as the one when I told him well, about rolling because it, it wasn't an objective, knowledgeable sort of. It was simply a heart sort of message. Well, that's yeah. all right. And I, I think I'm going to get back to the fact that. The more important it is, the more I sense that Rory struggles. I, I, in all honesty, you know that I totally agree with that. He wants, he said it, he wants that more than anything. And, and when he just, really wanted the British Open at his home course, it was right, a fiasco. It, it was so, a nightmare. again, I'm not talking skill. Rory is as good as anybody in the world. And, and yet, as somebody who likes him and wants to see him do well, Boy, for the next ten years, it's going to be hard to watch. Him and play honestly, Augusta. I think he is the best interview in golf mm-hmm. because he's genuine, he's honest, he offers great thoughts and perspective. I think Rory's awesome, but I do think he gets in his own way at big events. But I say, I say, his twenty twenty season is flat. What does flat mean? Just nothing special. Nothing special. But there are people... And I'm not rooting against them, don't get me no, wrong. Yeah, I'm just yeah, saying I think exactly. he's going to come out flat. I mean, I guess the one thing I'd say is it seems like he's... Do we talk about drive? It seems like he's addressed shortcomings in his game that needed to be he's addressed. He's getting better. He's getting better. I think he's and getting so better. so I think you could all... The way he played this year, I think you could almost make an argument that are we... is After sort of a lull, is he coming into... That 30s, early 30s prime a little bit, and I mean he was 
downright dominant at times this year. It's hard not to think the next 10 years he's, could be his best. Right? He's got all the game in the world. He gets in his own way. There have been guys in the past totally who have agree. gotten over totally the hump at yeah. that long period and before. Somebody who likes and then it. they've gotten over the hump. So yes, but they haven't had the same success he had earlier. No. And I think Ricky Fowles right. is another guy that gets so in his own way. got over the hump. You know. But he didn't have that same success early. Right. Rory's had great success early. We're now we're now five years. It's going to be right. six years into his last major when we get to 2020. From a talent standpoint, would you be surprised? From, I'm just talking about a talent standpoint. That if he showed up at Augusta and won by eight, would you be surprised? No. no. But from a mental standpoint, could he do that? No. I don't think he can. I agree. And would he? Would if he's three strokes back? Uh, on Sunday, would he win? I don't think so. Yeah, so if he's three strokes ahead. I don't. I'm not sure he win. So that's the burden we're talking about. Yep. It's a mental one, not physical. See, I think he's going to get over it. I don't know that it's going to be this year. I think he's just going to hit that so point think, of maturity. So, right, so here's the question: Do we think he's going to win a Masters in his career? Yes. Stack. He's young enough. I would give him a good shot. Yeah, I mean, just based on how many he still has left to play. In I agree. It's hard not to think he's going to. And yet, if if you ask me in 20 years, are you surprised he didn't? You're probably going to say not really. Probably not. But I, it's hard for me to believe he won't. And he's my, too good. And, my comment, and the course has made too much for him. And my comment is a complete reversal of what I said two weeks ago. So <laughs> take that for what it's <laughs> worth. That's the beauty of this. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, all right, awards. Uh, one, one other one. Uh, who's the next one to take a big step? The next big step. And the people I have here, you can have other here, but John Rahm, Tommy Fleetwood, Xander Shoffley, are are out of the dark. Abraham Answer or other. One of these things is not like the other, because <laughs> or I, don't think, I don't think Abraham Answer is anywhere near in the category of Shoffley yeah. and or Rahm. I think Rahm's dripping with talent. He's long, he's straight, he's a good putter. I have a hard time believing he's not going to win a bunch of majors. Shoffley, I feel similar I think to Sanders him. falls into the, essentially the same Agreed. category. A guy's got as much game as anybody in the world. Totally agree. He seems to have a good head on his shoulders, and, and he's, he's just he's there, and he's right there. And I'll, I'll, I, I would concur with that. I find myself rooting for Xander Shoffley, so I, I, I seem to like his game and like his style, and I'm, I'm going to back him. How about his driver? You like his, his illegal driver? Okay, come on. <laughs> that was... Was he got a DWI or something? No, no, no. no, no, no. His, <laughs> not his driver right before... Oh, that driver. ...was ruled, was ruled uh, ineligible, unfair at the British Open. Right. Yeah, but... That, wasn't a, that was not a shot at him, by the way. That was... Would, who, who else would you throw into that kind of bucket? Cantlay? Absolutely, Patrick Cantlay. No, what's uh, uh, what's the kid, Victor um, Hovland? Hovland, maybe. Well, what he's, about Matt Wolf? Again, just you're, you're yeah. asking for young, yep. young early talent that's coming right out. Colin, uh, you know, th- those three were ridiculously good. So I don't know, but Rom is proven and tested, and I can't imagine he doesn't win a bunch of majors. All right, and on. boy, is it going to be miserable every oh, second. Like it's just going to be awful. <laughs> he won't be happy. It's just it'll just be awful. It'll be a great presentation ceremony at the end. <laughs> Can't wait for that one. Okay, and the cleric job. All right, the <laughs> this piece of junk. Uh, player of the year. First, I want to go to the criteria. How do you choose it? Money, majors, most wins, scoring average, European Tour combo of the above. What's most important? Majors are most important. 
Ron, uh, and, and Kepka won a major and came in the top four in the three others. How can that not be the best? Well Look, said. We've already talked about it. I think Rory, you could say, had the best year, but I think he traded for a major. So. I agree. All right, so that was a lot quicker than I figured. The time I allowed. <laughs> Not a disappointing one. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, what is this one? Your uh, best favorite tournament. The Players, which Rory won. The Masters, which Tiger won. PGA, Kepka, U.S. Open, Gary Woodling. British Open, uh, Tour Championship. What is the best and slash favorite two different uh, are you asking, I know I know what I'm, I know what the answer is we now is go eight question. months between majors so right. by the time the masters roll around we're all going to be so excited about the masters how can that not be the right answer I think I think Scott's right just based on the time of year and and the enthusiasm we as local golfers have for for the game uh, coming out in April like that it's just it's so much fun to watch Biggest disappointment of the year? Player? Fowler? Jason Day? DJ? So can, can I get, Tiger after them? Just go to go back, because, you know, some, I, I agree that Augusta, it just has to be. But I, I think it's sort of sight-driven for the other ones a little bit, yes. right? Yes. So the PGA is at Harding Park. <laughs> Who cares? U.S. Open's at Wingfoot. Good. British is at Royal St. George's. Again... The British at at um, where's the Masters? Wingfoot, wing wing right? Wing foot two, two majors at Wingfoot this year. It's at North Conway. <laughs> <laughs> is it hard not to conclude that the British Open at at like Muirfield and or St Andrews is that much better than one of the other Rota courses? And I think Royal St George's is a great golf course, but the British Open at St Andrews has a different feel than something else. So again, time of year. And the fact that it's that course, uh, it's hard not to say the math. I don't think we'll get any disagreement based on other answers and probably a dumb question. Biggest disappointment, disappointing player this year, would you say? I've got Fowler, Day, DJ, Tiger after the Masters. None of the above. None of the above? Jordan Spieth. All right. I think, I, think he's, I think he's climbing out of his hole. But boy, the fact he hasn't won one tournament since the 2017 British Open, we're now going to go into a three-year drought almost. That's pretty amazing to me. He's uh, climbing out of a hole that you didn't think he could actually. At some at one point, you didn't think he'd ever be in this kind of. Agreed. I mean, there was a point where you thought he would every time he could. Agreed. If if I could throw myself in the shoes of any of those players in in a performance category, I would tell you that if I were Ricky Fowler, I'd be most disappointed in myself. Because I think he's a guy that has oodles of potential. But that's not a one-year thing, right? That, no, I think that's multi-year. I think that's multi-year. I think a career thing is no question. The, you know, he, he's, a, he's a guy that everybody seems to have um, really high expectations of, and he just... And talent-wise is talent there. is there. Totally good. And he, he seems to have this... Um, Fatal third round flaw where he shoots 76. He comes out and he shoots 65, 67, 76, and he, he's gone. And he makes oodles of money. He's, like Scott said, he's got oodles of talent and he just. And he's likable. People. And people everybody loves him and I like him like everybody else, but he just. Great he point. seems to underperform. Yeah. 
So agree. who's got a bigger hump to get over? Rory at the Masters or Fowler no, playing Fowler with does. biggest? Ricky Fowler R- does. Rory's playing with House's money. Jordan Spieth right. is playing with House's money. Right. Ricky has a burden of his career and history. Yeah, I, he has so I, many so many expectations of him. He's just he's an under he's an underperformer. By the way, answer your question earlier. If Ricky never wins a major, he will be the best player to never win a major. All right, right. I'll go so with that. I'm meandering down the world golf rankings now to see if there's anybody else. Rafa Cabrera. No, Cabrera God, I, do you even put him close to that category? No, really. I don't either. Um, I mean, no. Sergio, maybe. No, just, but he won a major. He won a major and then sort of fell off. Like, but Sergio's aging now. You know, he's getting right. up there. And what a temperamental piece of. I mean, he, he acted so poorly this year on a number of occasions. Starting I mean, I, in I Dubai. I can't really find anybody else that, that were the expectations, I think, were. So, I, yeah, I, I think Spieth is a really. Is there any sport that when you're going bad gets into your head more than golf? No. <laughs> I don't. Not even close. I, I, I would agree. And so that I say that because of what's going on. Ask with any other pro athlete right. <laughs> that plays golf. Yeah. I mean, right. we, hear, we hear our Steve Sasses and, of course, our. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, Dave Blast. Oh, Steve Blast is Steve Blast. Yes. Steve Blast himself. So, so we hear those stories. So not bought. Right? We hear those. But that's not anywhere near the same thing as a David Duvall or Ian Baker Finch. You know, those guys were at the <laughs> top of their game who fell off. They're not average journeymen. They're t- at the top of their game who never were heard from again. Steve Sachs has got to be pretty bad, though. He couldn't throw it 45 pass. feet. And we're going to run it 20 times, and you don't have to throw a pass over 10 yards. You know, when it's a team game, yes. what your things you aren't confident in, your limitations, they can all be hidden. Right. When it's just you out there, and you got to yeah. swing the club and hit the ball. Right. I agree. That's why Larry Bird always used to say, I'd much rather be a golfer or a tennis player than in a team sport because it's all on me. Right. Of course, Although today was a team when he game. was playing bad, I'm not sure and I'm he'd feel the same way. Plenty mad at his team. Constantly. <laughs> I figured. No. Nothing but love out there, Matt. Nothing but love. But you when you match like you guys do, how could you? You know what? Well, we both fuchsia. We, we decided early on that we were going to go with the Robin powder blue. Tomorrow's Robin fuchsia. egg blue. And we're deciding maybe fuchsia is our color for tomorrow. <laughs> I may stay over just for that. <laughs> Please do. Please do. All right. Are you staying in your car? Or? <laughs> no, yes. he's, he's in the RV. Well, no, my car is a little, bit, it's a, little bit wet, it's a little bit wet from when I got well, caught, when rain, I had to well, top the good down. thing about his car is when the rain goes through, he can open it up. And what, what was this line somebody, said, the line somebody said earlier? He said he was here in a convertible, but now it's a swimming pool. <laughs> <laughs> Who's got this? Well, at one point, I had a different version. Uh, Remember the monkey trunks? <laughs> It's, it's hanging on the the uh, rear view mirror. But I'll tell you, I had an earlier version of this You've car. You've got the shampoo, it's raining out. <laughs> Kill two birds with one stone. But an earlier version of that car, they had to, where the water would drain in the in the uh, wherever it would go down in between the windows. There were there was a, there were holes, but there they were got faucets. Blocked. Well, no, they were they were it got blocked. So this the car, pause for so I had water take a commercial in the break. car. So I one time had like a foot of water, couldn't be, probably like six inches of water along the bottom was like I got flooded. Anyway, good end to the season for that particular Perfect. story. Although, we forgot the Harmon Killebrew Award. Biggest hitter of the year. Who would that be? Oh, God. Rory? I don't know. All right, well, Matt checked out it totally early. I'm going. That's who you took every week. <laughs> 
All right. Well, that'll do it for our final regular season show. We'll be back for the Hall of Fame induction, the annual dinner in October. My thanks to Craig Stekowitz, Scott Peters. Nice, Dave. Wait, you didn't thanks, Dave. All the ways you spelled sex there. Oh. Sandwich. Just spell sandwich. No, it was. I had. Uh, let's see. S T E C H Y W I C H. Quit Way off. An L M N O P. That's the best part of the show. S T E C K O W I C K. Close. All right, that was a big hit. I don't know. Anyway, that'll do it for the regular season of uh, Preferred Lies. I should finally say that uh, before we leave, let me mention that the presenting sponsor of Preferred Lies is Golf and Ski Warehouse. Where you want to go to learn how to spell Stekowitz and for the best selection, service, savings, swing by Golf and Ski Warehouse in Hudson, Greenland, and West Lebanon, New Hampshire, and in Scarborough, Maine, Amir driving a 7-iron from here. Learn more and get directions at GolfSkiWarehouse.com. Thanks to everybody. Thanks Thanks for listening. See you in October.